0: Tonight, go ahead and go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10 tonight. And start reading in verse 1 as we continue going through the book of John. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were, which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Uh, stop reading right there. But tonight, the title of tonight's message is Jesus Christ. The good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. Uh, the Bible, and Peter calls him the chief shepherd. And the term pastor, it means a shepherd. But understand that we are only an under shepherd to Jesus Christ. He is the chief shepherd. And, uh, you know, we're supposed to be kind of helping oversee his flock, okay? And so, at the same time, in this passage, I think we learn some great lessons for pastors. I think we ought to follow after the example that Jesus set as the good shepherd. And so, just some things I want to show you, some differences between a thief and a shepherd. We see here, in this part here, you know, he talks about, you know, you know, he's the good shepherd, but then he talks about a thief. Someone who would come along and maybe want to steal the sheep. A thief, you know, he comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Okay? A thief that comes along... You know, they've got uh, some bad motives. They're trying, A thief is somebody who tries to take something that's not theirs. Okay? And the sheep belong to Jesus. And we see here that a true shepherd, he goes through the door instead of a window. Okay? Notice what it says there in verse 2. You know, He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, you know, so, you know, just picture like a fenced off area or whatever you know, and uh, there's a door that's in there. And if you see somebody, you know, for example, in a house, okay, if you see somebody climbing through a window, what's the first thing you're going to think? Well, you're either going to think thief or, you know, they got locked out, you know, there's a possibility, but you know, somebody who you know owns a house, you know, they're going to walk through there, you know, right through the door in broad daylight. They've got nothing to hide. It's very clear what they're doing on the up and up. When I was doing the home preservation stuff, I had to break into houses all the time, and I hated it because, uh, you know, they would give us, we had these pass keys, but sometimes they wouldn't work, and we'd always have to find some way to get into the house, and every once in a while, you get that nosy neighbor that comes along, seeing you try to get in through a window or something, and, you know, wanting to be a hero in a big shot, and what are you doing, you got to explain what you're doing, I, I always hated that, one time I went into a house, I had to drill the lock out to get into the house, and then the homeowner showed up. But, the, you know, the house was vacant and it was like going into foreclosure. It was completely legal and everything what I was doing. But you just want to talk about awkward. And I, and I always hated that. But you do. It's, you're suspicious when somebody is trying to sneak in some other way. But the shepherd, he goes right through the door. He's got nothing to hide. He mentions that the porter opens the door for the shepherd. Okay. But that thief, he sneaks in there. And, you know, and when it comes to uh, being a shepherd, when it comes to, you know, guiding people, leading people, we've got... Pastors out there, we've got false prophets out there that are leading people astray. And the you know, way you can tell the difference, a real pastor follows the rules of the Bible. That's how you can know the difference. There's a lot of guys out there that look good. They sound like shepherds. They look like shepherds. But you know what? They're not following what the Bible says. They're not, they're not doing what's in the Word of God. You know what? Those aren't shepherds. Those aren't pastors. Those are thieves. And, we don't, and you know, just because some guy has the title of pastor doesn't mean he's a pastor. Just because some guy's wearing a suit, holding the Bible, standing behind a pulpit, is getting paid by a church, if he's not preaching the Bible, he's not a pastor. Okay? Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd, and anyone who would go contrary to what the good book says is a thief. Yes, sir. Right, I'm sure it was a good thought, <laughs> but it is it, 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 you know, so that true. Shepherd, he goes to the door. He follows the rules. You know, a real pastor's actions, they're, they're open and they're honest, you know, and there, it, it's going to be clear what they're doing. It's clear what their agenda is. We got, you know, you got nothing to hide. And, you know, churches like ours, you know, we we don't hide anything, do we? I mean, we post our sermons all over the Internet. We let everybody see what we're doing. We put all our business out there. You know, why do we do those things? You know, we've got nothing to hide. We've got every reason to get it out there. You know, I want people to know what we stand for. I like being specific on our doctrinal statement. I hate when I'm looking up churches and things, maybe trying to help somebody find a church, and I look at a website, and, you know, on their website, you know, what do we believe? You know, we believe the Bible's a final authority. You know, we believe one saved, always saved. You know, just, you know, just, it's, you know, it's real vague. And it's like, okay, you believe the Bible's a final authority. Well, what do you think the Bible is? You know, are you King James? Are you not King James? You know, I want to know these things. And some people aren't specific because it's like, one, they don't want to take a strong stand. You know, and that, you know, they don't want the scrutiny. You know, there's, you know, and I don't think every church and every pastor is required to, you know, put all their sermons online. You know, people don't have to do that. Okay? But at the same time, I like it when churches do it because, you know, it lets me find out. Who these people are. And, um, you know, a real path. They are, they're going to they're be open. They're going to be honest about how they do things. I mean, we, I think we're as open as all get out around here. You know, just if people want to know anything about this church, you know, in, in people in the church, you know, whether it be with the finances. I mean, we don't we don't keep secrets around here. I try to make things as open as I possibly can. Just, I mean, everything, everything in broad daylight. And we can do that here because we have nothing to hide. But a person who is a thief, a person who is a liar, a false prophet, they have to do things in secret. They've got to do things quietly. They've got to do things night because they're not doing it right. And we see here also in verses 3, it says, "...to him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him." for they know his voice the true shepherd is recognized by the sheep and now listen I don't blame the pastors in a lot of these churches but in a lot of churches um, you know it, the fault is the people but when I'm out you know when we're out soul winning I talk to people all the time and they'll mention they go to church and I'll be like hey what church do you go to and they're like um uh, I can't think of the name of it and then i like you know or they'll maybe they'll know the name of their church oh okay who is the pastor of that church I don't know. You know. Now, that's not all the pastor's fault, okay? The reason that, that's, that person, they visited that church one or two times, and so they just claim that as their church, thinking I will leave them alone. But when I hear that, I know you're obviously not a sheep in that fold, <laughs> because you don't even know who the shepherd is. You know, you don't even know the name. Of the church that you go to. And see, so, you know what? I see those people as fair game. I don't care uh, you know, if they said they belong to a church. I, I go after them. I, I try to get them into our church. But, you know, uh, uh, but he is, they're recognized by the sheep. You know, a true shepherd leads the sheep. You know, he says he goeth before them and the sheep follow them. A true shepherd will lead by example. But, you know, you, then you got like Pastor Trendy, he's led by the sheep. You know, Pastor Trendy, he's the guy that he's always trying to make everybody happy, keep everybody happy. And, you know, what what do the people want instead of what does the Lord want? You know, what is the Bible saying? You know, I talk about Pastor Trendy all the time. Uh, I'm thinking about Sunday night, possibly. I've been putting some things together because a lot of people ask, you know, what's a Trendy? I'm always talking about Trendies. And I I think, uh, Lord willing, this Sunday night, I am going to define a Trendy. And, and what it is, and uh, I I, don't know, I think it'll be interesting. If I, it's not interesting, I just won't, I won't preach on it. But uh, but you know, Pat, but there are there's a lot of people who call themselves pastor, but they follow the will of the people instead of the will of God, instead of the Word of God. That is not a pastor. Okay, that a shepherd. He is going to go before them. He is going to lead. That's what Jesus Christ does. Okay, Jesus Christ. I mean, he, he did. He led. He Jesus Christ, He lived a perfect life on earth. He was tempted as in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus Christ gave His life for us. There is nothing that Jesus Christ should be ashamed to ask of us because He gave everything for us. He set the example and we are supposed to follow in His steps. And so... Uh, you know, that's what that's what a real shepherd does. And these people that are being, these pastors that are being led by the people, they're not real pastors. Kind of like Aaron. What did Aaron do after Moses left? Moses leaves for a while. He leaves Aaron in charge. And the people are like, make us a God. Make a, You know, they made that golden calf. You know, and he's trying to blame the people for what he did. Well, you know what? Aaron should have been a leader. Aaron should have stood up and said, nope, this is wrong. And this happens in churches all the time, too, where, you know, the church will start putting pressure on the pastor to go a certain direction that he does not believe in. And many times, you know, the pastor, he'll just put things to a vote or he'll just go along with it. You know what? If you all decide as a church that you want to go liberal, you know, you're going to have to vote me out first. All right. You know, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to go along with that stuff. I'll go. Find another place to pastor with some real Christians. <laughs> if you want to do that, you know I, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to follow that. Okay, I'm supposed to be leading as a pastor, and so that, that's what a real shepherd does, and that's what Jesus Christ did. And, and true sheep, okay, true sheep. The Bible says they will not follow a stranger. It says they know his voice, verse five. But a, a, and a stranger will they not follow? But will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. Have you ever heard the voice of a stranger before? Have you ever been somewhere and you heard a message and you're just like, something's wrong here. You know, and a lot, maybe you weren't even able to put your finger on it exactly. Maybe you didn't, maybe when you were a younger Christian, you didn't know the scriptures real well yet, but you heard that preaching and you just knew something was wrong. Why is that? That's because the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You know, the Holy Spirit, He's going to help lead you into all truth. And that happens many times where young Christians, you know, they'll sometimes end up at first in the wrong church. And it's like, there's there's something wrong here. There's something wrong. You know what it is? There's a, it's a stranger talking to them. And you know what they do? They flee from a stranger. They get out of those churches. We, you know, people today are leaving, you know, whenever people leave churches today, You know, it's always because, you know, those people are bad. But, you know, part of the problem is, I'm afraid a lot of these churches, Baptist churches, are being led by strangers. They're being led by thieves. And there's true believers in those churches that are hearing that stuff and like, you know what, I'm out of here. And if you go, you know, a lot of these people, they're going to churches and preachers get up and they change Bibles. You know, the Evans, you dealt with that in a church that you used to go to. The preacher, new preacher comes along and he starts using another Bible and something's just not sounding right. I doubt y'all were experts at the time on the differences in the different versions. You know, you couldn't necessarily maybe point out every little thing about it. But you know what? There's just something with people. They hear those other versions and just there's something wrong with it. I, I, I got a problem with that. I, I maybe can't put my finger on it exactly, but they don't like it. You know why? It's because it's the voice of a stranger. And you know what you do? You flee from that. And you should flee from that. And so, uh, you know, but a true sheep, they're not going to follow a stranger. But a false shepherd, you know, they might look nicer. They might sound nicer. But a true shepherd, uh, you know, they, or they might look nicer than the true shepherd. But don't be fooled. The Bible says they're destroyed. Look what it says in verse 8. It says, you know, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. There were people that came before Jesus that tried to pretend that they were the Messiah. But you know what? Those who were real believers, they knew this isn't somebody we should listen to. Now, they always would be able to lead away some group of people, but those were lost people. But the true sheep, they never followed after them. They didn't because they didn't hear them. They could tell it was the voice of a stranger. And he says, I am the door. By me if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and shall find pasture. And we see that, you know, the that false shepherd that's out there, many times they do. You know, preachers like us, sometimes, you know, people call us mean. Because we preach hard against sin. You know, we just try to lay it out there. Once again, we're not hiding anything. You know, we're not speaking smooth things. You know. I'm not going to speak in parables to you all, especially when I've got clear scripture. I would rather just lay it out there. You know, I mean, and um, he said, it's, it's not always pleasant. You know, there are some things that, that, that people don't like. You know, I had some ding dong. He was, uh, you know, uh, putting comments and things, just questioning uh, some stuff about divorce and everything. And I'm just like, you know, divorce, is, you know, it's, it's divorce, it's adultery. And he's trying to come up with all these exceptions. Like, there are no exceptions in the Bible. You know, but what about this and this? And all? It's like, listen, I don't like it either. Listen, there are some women I've seen guys that are married to that, you know what? I think the Lord should have given them a pass. I mean, if, if a guy's married to that, he ought to be able to throw her out on the street curb and go along and marry a good woman and everything be Okay. If I made the rules, that's how it would be. But you know, I just find some listen, I don't make the rules. I don't. But you know what? These false shepherds, they'll come along, they'll say the things that sound a little better. Well, it's not your fault, you know. God understands. You know, they'll even they'll try the thing too. You know, if they lived back in the Bible days when God made that rule, if they were an adulterer, they would be stoned, then you're free to remarry. Blah, blah, blah. But listen, just because we're not following one law doesn't mean we should break another law. You know, and if they really need to die, I told people all this, if your spouse is that bad, okay, that you should be able to get rid of her, can't God take them out? You know, and so I'm not telling you to pray that the Lord kills your spouse, but you know what? If they're really that bad, if you really do deserve a better spouse, then just pray, Lord, loose me from this marriage. And the only thing that's supposed to loose you from marriage is death. All right. And so I'm not against that. That might sound pretty harsh, but I don't I don't think I don't think that's that's a problem. And so just don't. And listen, if if that's what you pray for. Don't help the Lord out with that to make that prayer come to pass, all right? all right? We don't believe in murder either. But anyway, but once again, that false shepherd, they do. They make up the rules that everybody likes these things better. Oh, that sounds so much better, you know? Well, you other preachers, you just want everybody stuck in misery, you know? But you know what? We don't make the rules, we are not the chief shepherd. Okay, And we're not going to go climbing in through a window. We're not going to go leading people astray. I don't understand everything that God has commanded us to do. But you know what? I'm supposed to preach what the Bible says. And so I'm going to do it. And you're going to lose popularity contest when you do that. But oh well. I'm trying to just please one. You know, the chief shepherd. And so look at verse 11. It says, "Um, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep are not, uh, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and have known of mine. And the Father knoweth me even so know I the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. We see here you know, that hireling. someone who doesn't own the sheep. They don't care about them as much as the real shepherd does. And when troubles come, when the wolf comes, you know, I'm not dying for the sheep. I'm not taking a chance for the sheep. Is that what Jesus Christ did? No, Jesus Christ, He laid down His life for the sheep. Why? Because He is the good shepherd. And he He was willing to do that. But you see, these phonies, these thieves, these robbers... They use the sheep for their own selfish purposes. They make merchandise of the sheep. You know, there's a, there's a lot of preachers that are getting rich off this religion thing, and they get rich off their pe- off the people. And listen, I'm not for you know, why in the world would I be against paying a preacher good? All right, I'm 100, I'm 100 for that stuff. But good night. You know, you see some of these guys that are out there. I mean, just you know, living lives of luxury. And they're doing that. And, you know, the Bible says, you know that you know an elder is worthy of double honor, especially they that labor in the word. But then these guys, they're lazy too. Their preaching's lame. Uh, they don't preach the whole counsel of God. You know, they preach the popular stuff because it helps get the big crowd. It helps bring in the money. And uh, these people, they're doing, They don't. They don't care about the sheep. You know, a shepherd who truly cares about people, they're going to preach the truth. They're going to warn people. They're going to tell them things that aren't popular. They're going to tell them things that maybe they don't want to hear, but these other people, they're making merchandise of the sheep. You know, they, they use them as human shields, almost. You know, and that's what that, that's what that uh, you know, thief does, or that hireling does. You know, he's not going to go on before the sheep and face the wolf. He's going to hide behind them. He's going to knock one of them down you know, we were watching these videos. These guys are playing these pranks on people in Australia. And most I don't know if this is an Australian thing or what, but the, a lot of the men in these videos, whenever somebody would come chasing them with knives and things like that, they'd push their girlfriends down and things. You know, so, so they'd get her and then they just just leave them. You know what? They don't care. They're thinking about themselves. And let me tell you, any preacher who just goes around preaching all the fluff and won't preach the truth, making merchandise to the people... That person is a hireling. They don't care about the sheep. They are they are not they are not a shepherd like Christ. And the Bible says that Jesus cares about us because we are his. We belong to him. And so he's, gonna, he's going to care about us. You know, that phony, he's got he has no emotional attachment to the sheep because he didn't pay any price for them. Hey, we've all seen that, you know, even with our own children. Okay? This well, you know, the welfare mentality has just destroyed a lot of people in America. People don't appreciate what they didn't work for. You know, parents, be careful just giving your kids everything they want. You know, make them earn things. If they earn it, they'll actually appreciate it. Make them work for it. You know, make them make them sacrifice. But listen, I know this is ridiculous, but I've got a massive collection of baseball cards from when I was younger, and there are some baseball cards that I have that if you look at the price guide, they're probably worth five or 10 bucks. That's not that big of a deal. But you know what? I'll never let go of those because those were hard ones to get. And I remember I, I looked high and low. I mean, you know how many packs of baseball cards I bought just hoping to get that one card and I got it. And you know what? I don't want to get rid of it. I still have those things because it put a lot of work into getting those. Are they pretty much worthless? Yeah, but you know what? They're important to me. Why? Because there was some real effort in getting those things. And you know what? When it comes to us, Jesus Christ, He gave all for us, didn't He? And He cares about us, and He's going to hang on. He's going to hang on to us. But you know what? A lot of people today, they they don't care. You know, I care about this church. You know, I've paid a price for this church. You know, I've put a lot of work into this church. You know, I definitely, I'm going to care i'm going to care about the people i can't help but care about the people you got a lot of guys out there some of the most pathetic you know pastors and church workers in the world are these guys that fresh out of bible college get get are given full-time positions they they did nothing for it they paid no price to get that position and they do they come into these churches that they, they act like big shots right from the get-go and then when one little thing goes bad in the church, they start having one little problem. You know what they do? They take a hike. They run. You know why? Because they paid no price to get there. And therefore, they don't care. And so, uh, we, but with, with Christ, it's not like that because He paid the greatest price of all for us. And so look at verse 16. It says, And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring... And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Okay, what does that mean? I've got other sheep that are not of this fold. Okay, I remember uh, back when uh, Obama was running for president the first time, and the big controversy came out about Jeremiah Wright. You remember uh, crazy Reverend Jeremiah Wright? And they were doing, they did a news conference with him, and they were asking all these questions. I remember one of the you know, and he's you know, he's kind of walking around up there being all cocky and stuff and everything. And then one of them asked a question about, uh, you know, with him being a Christian pastor. And, you know, what about these other people in the black community, like the, you know, the Nation of Islam or something? I can't remember how the question was exactly, but, you know, are you one of these Jesus-only people? You know, what about these other religions that are out there? And he just kind of walks up to the microphone. And he's like... Other sheep have I, which are not of this fold. And it just kind of walked off. And I was just like, what in the world? Basically implying, and I've heard other people imply this too, that you know what, you know, Christians, that's one fold. They belong to Jesus. But you know, you got Islam, you got Jews, and you know what? There are other folds, but they all belong to Him. Baloney. All right, absolute baloney. What he's talking about here, you know, he's talking to those in Israel, And I believe what he's talking about here is, you know, hey, there's other sheep that I have that are not of this fold of Israel referring to the Gentiles. You know why? Because it was always the plan to go to the Gentiles, wasn't it? It was always the plan to go to the whole world. Once again, we were not plan B like many people teach. Jesus Christ back here before full rejection had taken place, other sheep have I which are not of this fold. What is he talking about? There's people that aren't here of Israel, but they're also of faith. And those people are my sheep. The sheep are those who are of faith. And while they had not received salvation yet, while they had not had faith yet, Jesus knew that they were out there. There's people that are going to hear the gospel and they're going to believe and they are my sheep. And so this isn't talking about other religions, other groups that they all belong to God. No, this was just a reference to him going to the Gentiles, uh, which we know is exactly what happened. And we are part of those sheep who were not of that fold. But then look look what it says. Um, Keep losing my spot. Verse 16. um, You know, them also I must bring and they shall hear my voice and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Okay, we've got these people They just keep trying to do all they can to separate, you know, the Jew and the Gentile and the Church of God. They said, "We're gonna the Jew and the Gentile and the Church of God." Just keep on shoving it down our throats. No, listen, all of us uh, who are of faith are of one fold. That is that is so important that we understand that, and you know, these stop trying to push this stuff. You know, Jews are the bride of God. You know, the Church is the bride of Christ. No, there's one fold. There's one fold. And if you are not in that one fold of those of faith, of saints, you're out. Okay? You are not going to go to heaven. Nobody's getting to heaven unless they go through the door, through Jesus Christ, unless they are sheep of the Good Shepherd. And so verse 17 says, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. The Father loved him because he was willing to do this. He was willing, Jesus Christ was willing to lay down his life for the sheep. He had special favor of God for that because it was through that that there would be a way of salvation. We see in the Bible that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the world, but God could not... Bring us to heaven, unless payment for our sins was made, and Jesus Christ made that payment. Even though God loved us, God could not accept us without payment for our sins, and Jesus Christ, He made that payment for our sins. And I love it, it says, "No man taketh it from me." Jesus was not overpowered when they took Him. That's the amazing thing about what Jesus did. You know, all of us in here. You know we could probably survive and handle more torture than we think if we didn't have a choice. Okay, I've said it before. If they wanted to torture me, all they would have to do is bring in a dentist and have him start drilling my teeth. Man, I just, I, I had that happen one time. They kept giving me Novocaine, but it wasn't doing any good, and it hurt so bad. And you know what? I'm getting dizzy thinking about it. I just, I, I when I think about that pain, it was horrible. And I'm telling you, I say it all the time, if they ever wanted to get in, I shouldn't say this, if they ever want to get information out of me, yeah, just bring that dentist into the drill, man, and I will sing. I mean, I, the only thing they couldn't get me to do is take the mark of the beast if they did it. But yeah, that's about it. Anything else, I, I would probably do. I'm scared. And, but you know, if, if I didn't have a choice though, you know, if, you didn't, if you didn't have a choice, you know, we, you know, people have endured some horrible things because they didn't have a choice. Jesus could have stopped it at any moment. But He never did. He never did. He took every bit of it. He laid down His life for the sheep. And so, I mean, what an amazing sacrifice that was. And God loves Him for that. And so verse 19, it says, there was a division therefore again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, he hath a devil and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Now, hadn't Jesus been awful plain already? And in in not, Maybe not so much in this chapter, but in some of the previous chapters. I mean, he's, just, he's laying it out for these people. But they're not getting it. They're not hearing it. They're not understanding it. You know why? Because they were not sheep. They were not they were not his sheep, and therefore they could not hear him. They were incapable of hearing him. He's like, Tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but ye believe me not, uh, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. "'Neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. "'My Father which gave them Me is greater than all. "'And no man is able to pluck them "'out of My Father's hand.'" So, you know, Jesus here... Uh, you know, or the reason there's this division amongst the Jews is because of the fact that some were sheep, some weren't. Some had faith, some didn't. Some hear it and they believe they get saved. Some hear it, they didn't believe. They're not saved. So there's a division because not all of them were sheep. Some understood, some didn't. You know, a lot of times too, you know, we struggle because when you're out soul winning, trying to give people the gospel, it's just like, yeah, some people get it so easy, don't they? Other people, man, it, it just, you just can't get it to click. What's the difference? Some have faith, some don't. Some are sheep, some aren't. You know, how do we know which ones are which? Well, we give the gospel to whoever we can, and we see who has faith and who doesn't. You know, that's all we can do. And, uh, and, that, and, and so that's where there's this division. And, you know, Jesus, many times, he had, pl- he had plainly told them who He was. Very open, very honest. And not only did He tell them very clearly who He was, you know, we talked about it, I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but Jesus came bearing credentials, proving who He was who He was. Okay, you know, that's why, you know, uh, you know, those credentials, all right, you know, they're important. If somebody comes to you, a police officer, you know, one of their credentials that you could say is their uniform, but a lot of times, you know, they have the badge too. You have the plainclothesman that, you know, they, they'll make sure they carry the badge. They show you a badge. I've told you a story before about when I was at Lighthouse, I was mowing the grass there one day and I saw this car sitting at the back of the building where, you know, in kind of a you know, spot where it's like they didn't want to be seen. It had tinted windows. All the windows were tinted, even the front window. I mean, dark tinted. Couldn't see anything. And so I drove the tractor up by the church. I went to go inside, just kind of let them know, hey, I'm watching you. And all of a sudden, man, this guy gets out of the car that was scary looking. I mean, he's got the piercings. He's, he's all tattooed. I mean, you know, just kind of a biker looking guy. And I saw a woman in the car, scary biker looking chick. And I'm just like, uh uh-oh. And he comes walking up to me and the first thing he does, he pulls his wallet out and shows me his badge. And he was like, hey, we need to park it for a little bit. We're doing a sting operation at one of the biker bars. And we just needed to come over here and take care of some things. And I'm like, okay. Now, I left him alone, one, because he showed me the credentials, the badge. But two, after I saw that guy, I'd have left him alone either way. because <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was scary looking. But, but you know, they, do, they, they carry those credentials. They, they, have, they have, to have to show some kind of proof they're who they say they are. So Jesus Christ, He came bearing credentials uh, that He was from God, and those credentials were the miracles that He did. He did some pretty amazing miracles. He left people no reason to doubt Him. Not only were His words truth, not only did His words line up perfectly with the Bible, but He did miracle after miracle after miracle proving He was who He was. Proving that He was from the Father. So there there was no excuse for these people to doubt Him. It was was very clear He was who He said He was. And so, um, in in verse 28 and 29, He shows two. You know, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Okay? Whosoever believeth in Him, okay, they'll have eternal life. Bible teaches that you can't lose eternal life. If you can lose eternal life, it's not eternal, is it? The Bible says when we're saved, we have eternal life. If you can lose it, it's, it was never eternal. But the Bible says we have eternal life and they shall never perish. That's really clear. These people who want to take away everybody's salvation, you know, because they just got too deep in sin or whatever, you know, you know that, that's ridiculous. This is very clear. They'll never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Okay? very, very clear. And then in verse 30, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. And this, once again, I, you know, I talked about this a while back with the Trinity, this doesn't prove that Jesus was the Father, but it proves that He was God. And they got that. Because then in verse 31, then the Jews took up stones again to stone Him. When He's saying, I am My Father, are one, Jesus is not saying, I am the Father, he's, but He was saying, I am God. Okay? It's the same thing, you know, my wife and I are one. But are we the same? No, one's the husband, one's the wife. But we two are one. In the case of God, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. They make up one God. And so, uh, we, you know, w- my wife and I, we make up one flesh. Okay, but the Father, Son, the Spirit, they make up one God. And so I and my Father are one. That does not prove that Jesus is the Father. It just proves that He is God. And so, very important. I don't, I don't want to preach a message on the Trinity again, but I, I think that's very clear. And so, um, you know, uh, verse 31, Then the Jews took up stones again to stone Him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from My Father. For which of those works do ye stone Me? The Jews answered Him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that thou being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If ye called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do the works of my Father, or if I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized. And there he abode, and many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true, and many believed on him there. So we see here, you know, Jesus, he always, he always spoke the truth. Jesus never lied. He was never tricky. Okay, he would speak in parables because there were some things that was it was not for them to know. There were some things that was it was not for you know the Pharisees because they were unbelievers. It was not given to them to know uh, secrets of the kingdom. I, I think I butchered that, but it wasn't it wasn't for them. But yet he would still speak the truth to them, but he would do it in parables. And we see here you know G, you know they're getting ready to stone Jesus because you know he said basically he said I am God. And he's, and then Jesus, it's interesting how he does this, and my interpretation of this might not be 100% correct, but notice what he says in verse 34, is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods. Okay, turn over to Psalms chapter 82. What in the world is that talking about where he says, ye are, ye are gods? It says "God stands in, in verse 1, "...God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods." Little g. "...How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked?" Selah. "...Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course." I have said ye are gods and all of you are the children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. What are you saying here? The term God, okay, it's not always a term necessarily about deity. It's a term of authority and leadership. Okay, just like the term Lord. In some countries, they'll call people Lord whatever. It's a term of authority, okay? When we talk about God, the one true God, we use a capital G, don't we? But there are you know, other authorities out there. There are other gods, little g, as there be lords, many, okay? But there is one Lord who is King of kings and Lord of lords, one Lord with a capital L, and that's God. And here when he says, ye are gods, he's saying this because you'll notice in the rest of that chapter, he has commissioned them to do some things. He has given them some authority, okay? They're supposed to defend the fatherless. They're supposed to help the afflicted, the poor and needy. You know, God gave them things that they were supposed to do. God gave them judgment that they were supposed to take care of. God, you could say God commissioned them to do some things, and He gave them authority, and He called them gods, okay? But they didn't do it. They didn't do what He said, and He said, you know, you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. And then it says, Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Okay, because man was not, you know, they failed God. They did not do what they were supposed to do. You know, God had to come and he had to take care of everything himself. And God's going to inherit all things. Jesus Christ is going to be the one to inherit all things. But what Jesus was doing here, when he quotes that passage, he was saying that if God called them gods, it was because God had commissioned them to do some things. And so why would it be wrong for the Messiah, the anointed one, you know, to call for himself to be called God? I mean, God gave Jesus Christ all authority. You know, so what they were saying, you know, they're trying to say he broke the law by calling himself God, but he's like, hey, there's a place in the law where it says ye are gods. Because God commissioned you to do some things. Well, God's commissioned me to do some things. So completely appropriate doing that and so I think that's what he's saying right there and Jesus explains to them too in those next verses where he talks about the miracles the works that he did he's saying I I've backed up every claim that I've made okay remember what I've I've been saying this for a long time every miracle that you see Jesus do every physical miracle it had some kind of spiritual significance which is ultimately what Jesus came to take care of Jesus made some pretty big claims about the spiritual things that He could do and He backed up those claims by the physical miracles that He did. I can save your soul. I can raise you spiritually from the dead. Here's proof. I'll raise a physically dead man from the dead. You know, I'm the creator of the earth. You know, I'm the one who spoke the world into existence. You know, here's just a little demonstration to show you how. takes five loaves and two fish and feeds a multitude with it you know i mean that's that's pretty impressive right there okay and so he backed up every claim he made and i believe too one of the things that jesus is doing here and don't take this the wrong way all right you might say, now isn't that a little sneaky how he's using that passage right there but i believe i think jesus he was being careful with the language that he used with them Because understand, these people weren't believers and they were also people that could have taken him and stoned him. And what do we see Jesus do? It says he escaped, okay? You know, we're allowed to go on the run if we need to go on the run, all right? One of those days that might happen, you know, where we need need to go on the run. And Jesus often, he would do that. He would escape out of their hands because it was not his time to die. It had nothing to do with fear. You know, he told them before that, you know, "I I have power to lay it down. No man taketh it from me. You know, if any, if when Jesus got killed, it was because he let them. And, you know, and there and we need to remember, there's many things that we can say that are true. But we need to make sure we don't send the wrong message with what we say. And so, you know, you know, for example, you know, many, you know, I'm not saying we can't say these things, but we need to try to make sure we clarify ourselves. Many people take it the wrong way when we say we know we're saved and we know we're on the way to heaven. Why do they take that the wrong way? Well, because they think you get to heaven by being good. So when you, when I come along and I say, hey, I know I'm going to heaven, well, you must really think you're something. You must really think you're good. And so what, I, what do we have to do? Well, we have to explain to them. No, this is why I know I'm going to heaven. It's because I'm not depending on me at all. I'm not depending on my work. So I'm depending on Jesus Christ. And sometimes too, you know, we do. It's just like, you know, there's some Christians that are just kind of knuckleheads, you know, They'll go out there and they're just kind of obnoxious. They'll say things that are true that maybe you and I understand, but that's because we're the sheep. And there's some things they're just not ready for. Okay, when we go out, we preach the gospel. Okay, We're going to preach the gospel to them when we go door to door. We're not going to preach dress standards to them. Okay, Do you think they're ready to hear that? You know, we're not going to go door to door. Do you think, you know, how successful do you think we would be if we went door to door preaching the good news of tithing? Anybody going to think that's good news? Hey, folks, I know you're probably already having financial trouble. But how would you like to come to church? You know, get saved, get baptized, and start tithing, giving 10% of your money to the Lord. Do you think they're going to want to hear that? Absolutely not. Now, should they do that? Yes, but does anybody think they're going to get that and they're going to understand that and just buy into that? No, we've got to get them spiritual first we've got to get them saved first and so you know we you know, we got to you know there's things that we can say that are true, but you know what sometimes you know, we just need to be careful we need to be we need to be tactful uh, and you know watch this things. I think Jesus did that with the language that he used here, and we see here you know Jesus he you know he wasn't above escaping from a situation when it was necessary and and he did he got out of there and so the lesson from this chapter that I think we that we need to get is that those who are not sheep they will not understand the voice of the shepherd and those who are sheep will know when someone is when someone is speaking is not the shepherd and we need to pay attention to those things and uh, you know when you do when you hear that guy that comes along, he is he's preaching that message and something's just not right. You know don't don't throw him under the bus too quick. But you know what you need to do? You need to go to the scriptures. And you know and I you know I I appreciate when people come and ask me questions. You know like hey not sure about that. You know hold me accountable. Make me show you from the Bible where that comes from. Too many people aren't doing that and they're following thieves. And robbers and they're being led astray, they're being made merchandise of, and they're being destroyed. And we and what I say too also you know, those who are not sheep will not understand. I'm not preaching like a Calvinist here that you know we just got to go out there and find the chosen ones. Okay? But understand the reason that they're not sheep, the reason they're not hearing these things, is because they're not of faith yet. And so there are there's many messages we have. There's many things that the Bible teaches that are spiritual. The Bible says the natural man, they cannot receive those things. And so, if we're going to uh, help them understand those things, they need to get saved first. We've got to preach the gospel and you know, pray that they will uh, have faith. They'll open their eyes. And then, we'll, give them those spir- we'll give them those, teach them those spiritual things after they have been brought to life spiritually. And so, Jesus Christ, He is, he is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd of the sheep he knows his sheep and his sheep they know his voice and we need to we need to be close to the shepherd we can't it is possible a sheep to go astray and thank god when we do he comes looking for us doesn't he because you know he cares he cares about the sheep um, and it, and we need to make sure though you know the more familiar we are with the shepherd the harder it's going to be to be deceived by a thief and so it's coming, so be ready for that. So, uh, with that, or brother Steve, do you have a question? Okay. Well, he said it's all, but it says I came out to call the righteous, but sinners to repent. Mm-hmm. He didn't come to call people that are already chosen or whatever. hmm Yeah. Well, when he's, yeah, and when he's saying that there too, it's because you have these people who they think they're righteous. You know, they don't see themselves as sinners. And I don't believe he was saying, you know, they're already righteous and those people are already saved. I think it was that, no, I came to call sinners to repentance. And the reason uh, those people, you know, he didn't come for them is because they wouldn't recognize they were a sinner. You know, and they, you know, and so, and yeah, I don't think that's a Calvinist thing either. You know, it's just, there are, uh, I think he was trying to get that point across to him that, you know what? By the way, you're all sinners. But they didn't say, no, we're Abraham's seed. No, you're sinners. And that's who Christ came for, to save sinners. And that's the problem with these people in the churches trying to work their way to heaven. They consider themselves righteous. Uh, but it's like I think we talked about last week, you know, if, uh, if, you're bl- if you say you're blind... How did, how, did it, how did it say that? You know, if you say you see, basically you're blind. And if you're blind... If you, you see yourself blind, you know, you're the one that's going to be able to see. Because he came to heal those who are blind, those who see or think they see, basically. And I, you're the one that's actually blind. And so, anyway. So with that, let's go ahead and stand together. Be dismissed with the word of prayer. Hope that was... Uh,